Well, before we jump into our message, um, I want to talk a little bit about something that's happening in our church. And so most of you know we have a Saturday night service, Access 502, that we've been um, running for about nine months now. And, and we just want to let you know of, of some changes that are going to be happening with that for this summer. This summer we're going to do Access a little bit differently. And one of the reasons for this is that Access, we really want to be about community and we really want to be about reaching out into our community. And so this summer, from June until the end of August, we are going to be running Access 502 at the same time, Saturday night, every Saturday night. We're going to meet together. We're going to meet in Hawks Hall instead of the sanctuary. And we're going to sing together, worship together, and then we're going to pray together for a little bit. But then we want to break into some small groups, and we want to study together. And the reason for this is we really want to invest in the community of access. We really want to invest, and we want to strengthen that community. And, and so the, the purpose of that is to fulfill our vision for access, to build community and to get out into our community. And so the last week of every month, instead of meeting at the church at 502, we are actually going to challenge our small groups to go out into the community and either do a service project or to be at a community event and represent our church and the kingdom. And so this summer, we're going to be doing access a little bit differently. And we would love it if you would be a part of it. Some of you may not have ever been to a Saturday night service at the church. I love it. It's awesome. Yesterday, um, we got Sam had a baseball game at 11, and he finished, and Eli was all excited because he was going to come with me to church. Eli loves coming to church on Saturdays. I come at about 2.30, and he wants to come with me just because he wants to be here. And he found out he had a game at 4 o'clock, and he immediately burst into tears because he didn't want to play baseball. He wanted to be at church. And I love access. I love being here on Saturday nights, but this summer we're going to do it a little bit different. And so if you have never been to an access before, come join us this summer. Or if you're somebody that's been a part of it, that just wants to invest a little bit further in small groups, come be a part of it. We would love for as many of you as possible to come worship with, with us, pray with us, and then study together, and then to get out into our community and reach out. And so you guys know what these are. These are connect cards. If you're new, they're in the chair in front of you. And I just want to challenge you that if you would like to be a part of Access Summer and our small groups, take one of these cards, put your name on it. If you think that we don't have your information, put your information on it. And then on the back with all these lines, just write something that will let us know that you want to be a part of Access. It could be anything. It could be something funny. Just write something that will let us know that you're in for this summer in Access. And then if you look in the back, there's black boxes on either side of the two um, center doors there. Take it, put it in the black box, bring it, put it on an altar, hand it to me, whatever. But we want you to be a part of what we're doing this summer. And so now we're going to jump into the family business. And, um, and this is... Can I be honest with you and tell you, this is a really weird series for me, not because of, of the series itself, but because of the way that the, the timing of this has worked out. See, I've been working through this series on Saturday night 
preaching it every week. But Sunday morning, this is the first time that I've gotten to speak to you about this series. And so I've kind of, in my head, I'm, I'm building this series or I'm built, working along in this series, but you guys have missed the first two weeks of what I've done on Saturday nights. And so I want to catch you up because today it's important that you at least know where we've been. And, and, and so the first week we talked about investing in our future, we talked about investing in the future generations, and, and that was a huge thing that we've got to pass our passion to our young people. But, but the thing you really need to know for today is this. It's what we talked about last week, and that is, what is our family business? What is this family business all about? And so uh, last week we talked about, and we, we looked at two scriptures that most of you, if you've been around the church for very long, have probably heard or studied or heard plenty of sermons on. And so those two scriptures are um, Matthew 22, the greatest commandment, which says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then the second scripture is in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And so last week, uh, on Saturday night, we boiled down the family business to be something really simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. That's what we are all about That's what our family business is all about. Love God, love others, and make disciples. It's pretty simple. Well, today, I want to look at what our part is in the family business, what what each of your parts are in the family business, what my part is in the family business. And, And so today, I really want to challenge each one of you individually to think about your place in the family business and what that looks like. One of the most important parts of any business is its employees. Employees make a huge difference in a business. The people that work for the business, that that make up the business, have a huge effect on the bottom line of it. You could have a great product, but if your employees turn people away or are negative, It can have a terrible effect on your bottom line. You can have the best product in the world, and if it's not represented well by the people that work for the company, it's going to be hurting. Have you ever had an experience where you you ran into an employee, or you were at a business, or you were doing something, and an employee of that business changed the way you felt about that business? Maybe it was at a restaurant, maybe it was at a retail store, and somebody did something or treated you in a way, and you thought, I'm never going back there. Well, on, on Tuesdays, um, one of the things that we do as a staff is we go to staff lunch together. So Tuesday morning, just to let you know how the church works a little bit, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, we meet for staff meeting. We usually meet for about an hour and a half, two hours, somewhere in there. And then after staff meeting, we always on Tuesday go to lunch as the staff. And usually we have to sit there and figure out where we're going to go to lunch. We, you know, we come up with ideas. Usually it takes longer to figure out where we're going than to get where we're going. But occasionally there's a reason for somebody on staff to pick where we're going, whether it's their birthday, whether something special's happening. And, and so a couple years ago, we had the opportunity to go where Pastor Dale picked for us. Pastor Dale picked our food. 
And let me just tell you about Pastor Dale. Quantity over quality is his motto. Quantity over quality. And so Pastor Dale told us, hey, you've got to go to this place called Homer's. Have any of you ever been to Homer's in Sharonville? Okay, I really hope I don't offend some of you here today. But Pastor Dale picked Homer's. And so we went down to Homer's Buffet down on 42. And Dale picked it and he said, you know, my, my previous staff, we used to go there all the time. And you guys need to experience Homer's. And so we experienced Homer's. None of you, like, owned Homer's, did you? Are we good there? Okay, good. So we walk in the door. And... Uh, it was an interesting place. It, I, I'm, this might not be the nicest thing I've ever said, but when we walked in the door, it kind of looked like a funeral home that had been transitioned into a restaurant, like partly. And, and there was a, a ceiling that was kind of rotten, that was covering up a ceiling that was really rotten. And, and then there were, there were these buffet lines, and they would have these signs, and it would say pizza, and then under it would be salad. And then over here, it would say pasta, and it would be sandwiches, and we were just kind of like, what in the world? And then the drink machine had an out-of-order sign on it, but it was moved over to the side. Apparently, the drink machine is out of order so much that they don't take the sign off. They just move it over a little bit so that you can use it. And so our experience was interesting at Homer's, and it always is when Pastor Dale picks. But, um, but, but one thing happened while we were there that, that really was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And that was that we were sitting there, and out of the kitchen walks one of the cooks. And, and, and he's a guy that's wearing a white t-shirt that is not white anymore. It's stained, it's nasty, he's sweating profusely. I mean, he just covered, and, and I took one look at that employee, and I thought, if that's who's cooking, or let's be honest, reheating the food, I don't want anything to do with this place. And, and so... We've never been back to Homer's. And, and honestly, Homer's isn't even there anymore. But, but that, it was an experience. Pastor Dale was right. It was an experience. But the employee that came out had a huge effect on the way that we looked at that restaurant. And you guys can all think of some time that you were at a business or a place and an employee changed the way you felt about that place. Let's talk about the opposite scenario, and, and this is really cruel, so I'm going to apologize, because I'm going to talk about Chick-fil-A today, and you guys can't go get it, which, which is kind of cruel. Last night, at least the crowd could go over there after if they wanted it. But Chick-fil-A is the exact opposite of what we experienced at Homer's. They have figured out customer service. Their employees represent them well. If you go to Chick-fil-A, what two words do you hear every time you go to Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. Yes. I, I, I mean, they're the nicest people. I saw a video last week of a guy who was, it was a joke, but he was like, he was making a joke about how nice Chick-fil-A treats you and was just crying and was like, why do you treat me so nice? But Chick-fil-A gets it. They treat people well. My pleasure. They're kind to you. They're always in uniform. Have you ever noticed that? They always look sharp. They're always professional. The employees that work at Chick-fil-A, and we have some in this church, always represent Chick-fil-A well. And I don't know about you, but every time I go there, I walk away thinking, man, Chick-fil-A loves me. Chick-fil-A loves me. They really know how to take care of us. 
Now, I'm sure there's the occasional slip-up or employee that goes the opposite direction, but for the most part, Chick-fil-A is just different than other places. And it's no different in our family business. We, as the employees, represent the business, which means that the way that we present ourselves, the way that we live our lives, the way that we interact with others affects the business. Think about this. So, so if our family business is loving God, loving others, making disciples, we, the family business being the church, God's kingdom, if we represent the family business, and, and if churches represent the family business, think about this. Have you ever had a bad experience at a church similar to what I was just talking about at a restaurant or a real retail place where somebody at the church left a bad impression on you or turned you away from that church? If you've been around this church for very long, then you've heard um, Pastor Bob talk about his father and how on his father's deathbed, he said, if that's what Christians are, I don't want anything to do with it. Employees, the way we represent the family business has an effect. But on the flip side, I'm sure every single one of you here this morning can think of somebody in your life that had a positive effect on you. You are probably here because of the example and the way that somebody represented the family business, right? Can all of you think of somebody in your head that had that, that represented God's kingdom and the church well, and, and that's why you're here. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe, maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was just somebody in the church that reached out and loved you. But, but the way we represent the family business matters. So as employees of the family business, we'll start right here, we represent the business. You represent the business. Now I want to stop here for a second. Because this is important. Westchester Church is not the staff. Westchester Church is not the board. Westchester Church is not uh, the, the leadership. The, Westchester Church is you. You represent the church. God's kingdom is not the disciples. God's kingdom is not the early church fathers. God's kingdom is you. You represent the family business. You represent love God, love others, make disciples. So what does it look like to represent the family business. Well, last week we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and God, or I'm sorry, this was on Saturday, so you don't remember this, but we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we looked at as the Israelites were going into the promised land, God gave them some very specific rules and decrees and ordinances to live by. And I boiled it down to be pretty simple, to love God, love others, and make disciples. But the truth is, there was a lot more to it than that. There were some pretty intricate rules that they had. Some of those rules had to do with their appearance, how they dressed, how they, um, how they took care of themselves, how they grew their hair, how they cut their hair. Some of them had to do with how they handle situations, very specific situations, like if your cow wanders off onto somebody else's property and breaks its leg, this is how you handle that situation. Some of them have to do with the way that the Israelites approached God. 
This is how you approach God. And, and some of them had to do with the way that they interacted with people. And at the end of the day, the Israelites, as they entered the promised land, had this huge set of rules and ordinances that made them different. There was something different about these people. The, the word that we use in Scripture a lot is they were set apart. They were God's chosen people, and so they were different than everyone else. There were specific instructions. In fact, if, if you just want to take a lot of time, and if you want to get lost a little bit, go read the first five or six books of the Bible, and you're going to see a ton of rules and instructions. It's easy to get lost in the rules. As I've been working through um, my devotions at night, I, I, I'm working through a plan, and, and lately I've been in some of those books around Deuteronomy, and it can get pretty confusing, and, and you can get kind of bogged down and lost. But here's the thing. Those little rules are important. The way that they treat each other, the way that they treat God and approach God, the way that they handle situations are important. Why is that? It's because small things matter. The small things matter. Think about this. What separates Chick-fil-A from other fast food places? Everywhere has good food. I mean, most, most fast food places have good food or they wouldn't be around. Some of you are making funny faces at me. <laughs> I like it. Um, but what separates Chick-fil-A from other fast food places? It's the little things. It's the way they, they, they say, I forgot it. This happened last night. My pleasure. Every time you say thank you, my pleasure. It's the way they, they take care of you. They take your trash to the trash can. They fill up your drink. It's the little things. And they're closed on Sunday. Yeah, that's different. Thank you. I didn't know if you were getting blessed. I was like, this isn't a really good part of the sermon. You shouldn't be getting blessed yet, but okay. <laughs> Thanks for adding to it. Um, it's the little things. Little things. More Eat more chicken. Okay, little things matter. It's clean. They're polite. They're professional. They're different than other places. I've never had someone at Taco Bell come to my table and say, hey, can I get you a refill? I've, I don't think I've ever had someone say, my pleasure, at Taco Bell. They have good food. Some of you will definitely make a face at that. But, but Chick-fil-A is different, and it's the little things. And so, so just like Chick-fil-A's employees, if we are going to be a member of the family business, we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, um, we see the importance of following these commands, these little things. It says this in verse 5, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this nation is wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? And so what Deuteronomy chapter 4 says there is when we follow God's commands, we are different. We are set apart. And guess what? When we do that, people notice did you hear that? Man, that nation is awesome. Those people are awesome. There's something different about them, 
And, that, and something good is happening there. And, and that's what we think about Chick-fil-A, right? Like, something's different there. It's good. We want to eat there. We want to be a part of that. If we're going to follow God's commands, we're going to be different. And people are going to notice. The second part of this, what you see in this scripture, is that people are attracted to God's commands. When we live out God's commands, when we are set apart, when we are different, it should be attractive to other people. If we live for God, we should be attractive to other people. Not attractive looking, but our life should be attractive. People should want to be around us. They should want to be a part of what we have. Sometimes I think we miss this in the church. I heard this saying last week, and and I've heard it hundreds of times before, but they said, you know, if it's fun, then we don't do it. That is not at all true. If we're going to live the way that God wants us to live, I believe people are going to want to be a part of what we do. If we are going to be like Jesus, people will be drawn to us. Because guess what? Last time I checked, when Jesus walked around and lived his life, People flocked to him because Jesus' love is attractive. And so if we follow Jesus and we are different and we are set apart, then people will be drawn to us. We have to represent the business well. If we represent Jesus, people will be drawn to us. We can all probably think of of some Christians like we were talking about earlier that have had this effect on us that you were drawn to, that there was something different about them. And so I want to take a second, and I want to, I, I've been a young adult pastor here for almost nine years, and I want to brag on some of our young adults. And, and listen, there are young adults here today, and I don't want to talk about them because that'll be a little bit weird, but I'm going to talk about three of our young adults that aren't here anymore, and I just want to tell you about how attractive their lifestyles were to me and to others. And so one of those is Olivia East. She came to our group several years ago, and one thing that you absolutely know when you're around Olivia is that she cares for everyone. I remember when she first started coming, there was somebody in the group that was going through some issues, and for weeks and months after, she would ask about them. She would invest time in them. She would care for them. She was so compassionate. Then there was Jordan Heatherly, who's a good friend of mine still. Just this week, Jordan reached out and said, hey man, I'm praying for you. How can I help you? I'm thinking of you. Jordan, a young guy, is taking time out of his day to think about me and pray for me. And then my cousin, Melissa Nabell, that used to come here, she lives up in Columbus right now. She's just fun to be around. And and when she's representing Christ, it draws people to it because she is a really fun person to be around. And so I'm going to stop the sermon for just a second, and I want to say something very clear to you, because you guys missed two weeks ago when I talked about investing in our younger generations, and you got a little piece of it right there. But listen to me very carefully. If you don't know the young people of the church, the children, the teens, the young adults, take some time and get to know them. We have phenomenal young people, people that represent Christ the way that we should, people that represent the family business. When you're around somebody that represents the family business, 
It's attractive. It will draw you to Christ. And so we, the employees of the family business, need to represent the family business well. It matters. It has an effect on people. The way you live your life, the way you talk to other people, the way you approach God has an effect on the people around you. And I've said this so many times when I've preached, but God's plan to change this world, to restore this world, and to pass his love to this world is us. And so we are the employees of the family business, and the way that we represent the business matters. We should be attractive to other people. Let's get back to this rules thing. Let's be honest. We have some peculiar laws and rules and habits, don't we, here in the family business? Right down here, there are some things that are kind of odd about churches. They're called altars. And in the middle of a church service, if, if you had never been to a church service and you walked in here and people started walking up to these altars, you would think that was a little bit strange, right? But these stand for something. And what about worship expressions? When we're worshiping and you get excited and you're raising your hands or you're clapping or you're jumping up and down, we don't run the aisles as much as we used to. Or, or if you're me, you're just crying your eyes out. Somebody that doesn't know what's going on here might think that we're strange. They definitely are going to think I'm strange. Who's this guy that cries every time he gets up in front of people? What about praying before you eat? Do you still pray before you eat? Megan and I were in a place this week and we were eating lunch together and all of the tables were really close. So like we're sitting right here and there was someone like within two feet of us. And stopping and praying before the meal was a little strange, I think, for them. Because they were it's almost like they were in our prayer. I should have asked their name and prayed for them. We do some things that are different. Who are those weird people that hug each other like they're family? Who are those weird people that care about each other? We are different. We are set apart. And at first glance, these things might seem peculiar, but they're important because they're parts of who we are. And they're parts of something so much bigger. They stand for love. They stand for our love for God. The reason we have altars is because we want to come and kneel before our God and pour our heart out. Because we love God and we have a relationship with God. And that's weird and that's different. But it's good. The reason I cry and I get excited isn't because I'm a big sissy. It's because I'm, a, I'm passionate about what God's doing in my life. It's because I see God moving. The reason we pray before we eat is not because we just want to take some time and do something. It's because we're thankful that God has provided for us. It's because that we understand what we're doing is not about us. God has given all of this to us. The reason we hug each other and love each other is because we understand we are a family. Even if you live on the other side of town and have nothing in common with me, if you serve God, you are a part of my family. And I'm going to love you. So yes, we are different. Yes, we do some weird things. Yes, we are set apart. But the small things matter. But they matter in light of the bigger things. Love God. Love others. Make disciples. Small things matter. But they only matter when they flow out of the bigger things. Our love. Our love for God, our love for others, and our desire 
to build the family business. In Matthew 22, 37 to 40, it says this, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then listen to this last part. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, all those little intricate details, all those little intricate rules, all of these things that we do that are different, all hang on loving God, loving others. That's what it's all about. We cannot miss this, people. We in the family business cannot miss that it's all about loving God, loving others, and making disciples. We can't get this wrong. We can't get caught up in the little things. We can't forget that it's all about God. It's all about what God's doing in our lives. Think about this. Saying my pleasure is really nice. But if there's nothing behind that, it's meaningless. You guys know this. You have relationships. If I say, I love you, Megan. I love you. She's going to see right through. There's nothing behind that. You know that. And, and every week it seems like we have a conversation where Megan says, is something wrong? And I say, no. <laughs> Something's wrong. No, I'm good. What's wrong? Nothing. She can see right through it. Words are cool. Words are important. But they're only important when they flow out of the bigger things, which is our feelings and our heart. D saying my pleasure only matters if it's about caring for the customer. Respecting the altar only matters if we respect the God that we pray to at the altar. The little things matter, but only when they flow out of our bigger things, our love for God and out of the family business. Here's the thing. God is much more concerned with the condition of your heart than with individual actions. Think about that. God is much more concerned with the condition of your heart than with individual actions. You can keep kids off the altar all you want, and I don't do a good job of that. I'm sorry for my kids. They're all over it. You can respect the altar all you want. You can raise your hands during worship all you want. You can pray prayers before meals all you want. But if your heart doesn't love God, love others, and, and isn't about making disciples, it's meaningless. It's all through Scripture. Jesus constantly showed us that the, the little things are about the bigger things. Building the kingdom. Loving God. Loving others. And so here's the thing. If we get the big things right, the little things will follow. And, and here's, this is important because I'm not trying to say the little things aren't important. We have to have them both. We have to be set apart. We have to be different, but not just for different sake, for God's sake, for the kingdom's sake. We need little things, but they have to flow out of the bigger things. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, in the future when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and the whole household. 
But he brought us out of, from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees, to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. This is really important. The reason we are different is because of who God is and what God has done. Because what God has done, we are set apart. Because of God's love, we love. Because of, because of God has shown us a better way, we live a better way. We're obedient to God's commands. And here's the coolest part of the message. The God that spoke to the Israelites and took them into the promised land thousands of years ago is the same God that we serve in the family business right here, right now, today. The same God that performed miracle after miracle and delivered the people from Pharaoh and Egypt is the same God that's going to deliver us. God is working, and God will continue to work. The business we represent is God's kingdom. It's a great thing. You have the opportunity to be a part of the greatest business ever. Not just chicken, not just being nice to people, but changing the world. We were, Megan and I were with some people this week and we were talking and, and I was just talking to these people about what God's been doing in my life and the way that I feel God moving in my life and in others' lives. And I, I don't know if you guys are there with me or not, but God has been moving in my life. And Megan said, man, will you talk about what God's doing? It's so obvious that God is active and alive. The God that worked thousands of years ago is working today, right here, in my life, in your life. And guess what? Just like we sang in that song earlier, and we're going to sing again in a minute, in a minute that God is going to continue to work. And so we need to represent the family business well. Let me ask you this morning. If the family business is all about loving God, loving others, and making disciples... I want you to take a minute and I want you to kind of take inventory of your life. Each and every one of you is a representative of God's kingdom. Each and every one of you is a representative of the church, of Westchester Church, of God. You should be Christ to the world around you. So I'm going to ask you three questions and I want you to take inventory here. Number one, are you different are you set apart? Is there something different about you that people see and that they want? Has God's love changed you to where people can see it and you're different? Number two, when others see the way that you live your life, do they want to be a part of this family business? Are they attracted to what you live? I don't know about you guys, but... I could care less about all of the bells and whistles. I want people to see Westchester Church. I want people to see me and say, God is moving, and I want to be a part of it. When you live your life, when you represent the business, do others want to be a part of it? And number three, does your life match what the family business is all about? Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Is everything you do does everything you do represent loving God, 
loving others, and making disciples. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for the opportunity to be together, and I thank you um, for your presence here and your spirit here that we felt in this service and that we felt for, for a time now, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that, that you were working thousands of years ago in the Israelites' lives, and I thank you that you've been working in my life, and Lord, I pray that you would continue to work, and we know, we have confidence that you're going to continue to move, and you're going to continue to build your kingdom, and Lord, I want to be a part of it. I want to represent it. And Lord, my prayer today is that each and every one of us that are here, each and every one of us that, that, that call your kingdom their home, would represent you every single day in everything that we do, at work, at home with our kids, at the ball fields, when, when we're at the store, everywhere we go, Lord. Help us to represent you. Lord, transform us, change us, make us who you want us to be, Lord, and use us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Amen.